Hey, Dom, what do you remember about your father? My father. He used to, uh, he used to have a barbecue every Sunday after church for anybody in the neighborhood. If you didn't go to church, you didn't get any barbecue. Every single day he was in the shop and every single night, he was at the kitchen table with Mia, helping her with her homework. Even after she went to sleep, he'd stay up for a few more hours so he could learn the next chapter and help her the next day. <laughs> I remember everything about my father. Everything. That's just it. I don't remember shit about my dad. I don't remember him yelling. I don't remember him smiling. To be honest with you, I don't even remember what the hell he looked like. I don't remember. He's just never there. You ain't gonna be like that, Brian. Welcome to episode 103 of Vague Zone. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas. And I'm your other host, Daniel. And today we are concluding our run through the theme of family with the choice I made, the film called Fast Five. So Daniel, would you like to read us the IMDb synopsis for Fast Five? Sure. Fast Five 2011, directed by... Yorgos Lanthimos, Dominic Toretto, and his crew of street racers plan a massive heist to buy their freedom while in the sights of a powerful Brazilian drug lord and a dangerous federal agent. Um, yes. Thomas. <laughs> Yorgos Lanthimos, but yeah, it's Justin Lin is the director. Um, Thomas, why did you pick Fast Five for the theme of family? So when we rolled the die initially, I know you sort of mentioned it as the, the thing that first came to mind, yeah. sort of kind of flippantly, maybe as a joke, I don't know. But after no, you mentioned <laughs> that, I was like, yeah, it's like I kind of latched onto that thought as well, too. There's tons of Vin Diesel memes about family and everything. But actually, while going through and rewatching all nine of these movies, it kind of became really apparent that that is the sort of connective tissue and the, the like the the thematic through line between all of these movies as they sort of start off about cars they sort of balloon into yeah. spy james bond thriller action movies with fucking uh the rock and jason statham and all other crazy actors kind of coming into the orbit of the fast and the furious franchise but overall each movie does reference family in one way or another and i think more specifically this idea of like chosen family, which I think is really interesting. That's something I've always kind of connected with a little bit. I'm a big community fan. I know that's not much to do with uh, these movies, but that's a, a, a show that deals with like characters sort of choosing to form a family that's kind of like on the outskirts of the people they're actually related to. I don't know. I, I like that theme a lot. And so when looking at the Fast franchise, I didn't really know what to pick, and I bounced between the five and seven. Those are cited as the sort of highs of the franchise, and so I kind of landed on five, and I'm happy I, I picked this one opposed to seven. Seven is kind of bloated and sad, and this one's more kind of mm. right in the middle. Uh, Paul Walker is still alive to, to yeah. film this entire movie, and it's the first one with Dwayne Johnson showing up as Luke Hobbs, 
as the incredibly jacked up fucking uh, DSS agent. So there's a lot of fun stuff here. So that's sort of why shows didn't kind of enjoy it. What's your relationship to the Fast and the Furious franchise? Uh, so I remember being a kid, I don't know, probably like 11 or something like that. I, was, I remember being pretty young when the Fast and the Furious series started. I had a friend in my neighborhood who was like, are you going to go see Fast and the Furious? Like, excited about the trailer. And I was like, no, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it looked so dumb. And, like, I had this... That was kind of my relationship with this series for the longest time. was like, this, this looks fucking stupid. Like, I don't know. I feel like blockbuster movies maybe got a little bit better. Maybe since, like, Rotten Tomatoes became a thing. Like, blockbuster movies, they started getting a little more refined. Like, at least getting the storytelling elements a little uh yeah more polished but um but like back in the day of like transformers and shit like that like blockbuster movies looked shitty um and so yeah i was really turned off by the idea of these movies uh and then finally it wasn't until like within the last like five years uh I started watching them. I watched the first one and I was like, oh, it's just Point Break with cars. Like, this is delightful. (laughs) Like, I I like Point Break. Uh, Sure, this works for me. Um, And I tried watching some of the other ones and I I couldn't really get through through them because the quality varies. Um, (laughs) I did. I had seen Fast Five, though. um, And I, I didn't remember much of it. But uh, rewatching it this time around, yeah, like I, I kept going back and forth between like th- these are stupid movies. How does anyone watch these? And being like, "Fuck yes, The Rock is awesome. Every scene he's in is is rad. He's spitting all the best lines." <laughs> like, yeah, just uh, dropping one liners. So, so yeah, it's it is just it's a throwback to like meathead, muscly, testosterone fueled action movies. Uh, it is completely over the top. They do such a great job setting it up, like with the opening scene. It is just completely absurd and ridiculous. Every character in this movie is like a fucking superhero, uh, but they're not supposed to be. They're just normal people, but they're fucking plowing through walls and shit. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. It, it, it's ridiculous. It, it feels like a. It can only come out of the United States. <laughs> like it. it yes. It yeah. is American excess uh on on display um i don't know yeah especially (laughs) considering the climax of this movie i was like oh yeah this is just american chauvinism at its best like our two american heroes are just going to do whatever they need to do (laughs) to sort of complete this heist even if it comes at the expense of all of the architecture (laughs) in a city yeah it's pretty fucking uh, ridiculous so yeah i can get on board with it (laughs) for sure i'm I'm glad you said that yeah i'm i'm good with uh fast five gotcha yeah i I probably am safe to say that like you wouldn't want to venture much further into this franchise because it just yeah no pun intended does fucking go off the rails and just gets fucking absolutely insane after the unfortunate death of paul walker through the midway of seven things just get absolutely insane once it kind of focuses on vin diesel but also starts bringing in all these other actors and other people and like by the time you get to nine, it's like there's a there's a progression where Vin Diesel has a scene with Helen Mirren and they're doing a car chase, and then two scenes later he has a scene with Cardi B. And I was like, this feels like a cinema sin. <laughs> These two actresses are like in the same movie together. It's just absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's 
get into it. Uh, so the movie starts with um, Dom has been arrested. He's on his way to prison, and they have to break him free. Yeah. Um, and so the way they do this, he's being transported on a bus, is they just fucking crash the bus. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't... Like, that's the best plan they come up with? Like, like it... it surely everyone is dead. I don't, I don't remember seeing anyone wearing seatbelts, <laughs> like, when we get the one shot of the, the passengers, but... Yeah, no, not when they... Yeah, they flip over that entire uh, prisoner bus, and they say... There's, like, a little newscast that yeah. does a little, a little bit of a summary, because, yeah, after the soft reboot of 4, it's like it kind of puts everyone kind of back in this new status quo, where Dom is in the Dominic, Dominican Republic, and he's down there... Uh, hijacking gas tankers with his crew and brian is working for the fbi again so he's working no he's he's working with the fbi for a period and then after the end of four dom gets arrested and so it, it actually it ends with a cliffhanger where at the last shot of four is the the crew rolling up to the car and then it kind of mm. cuts out and so this begins with them sort of finishing that little mini little rescue mission of them saving him but yeah but they just flip over the bus uh, and then the newscasters like, yeah, like there was uh, all all survived. Everyone yeah, survived. No, no fatalities, which is <laughs> absurd. But yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, you completely roll this bus over like four or five times. The top half of it is crushed. Yeah. No injuries. No uh, all survivors. And then yeah, one person's missing. And then yeah, we sort of catch up to the modern moment of these characters. Yeah, Dom and his crew have like, are now they're sort of getting involved in another heist. Which I didn't really understand this heist because it's like, so so the job Vince is hooks them up with the job right, yeah, and it's to they're stealing cars off a train, and then while they're doing this, they realize that there are DEA agents on board or like that the cars have been confiscated by the DEA, right? Yeah, it's like I believe it's like they're just stealing. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, stealing cars down here is really easy. Like the government's kind of lax on that. Like it's totally fine. We can get away. It'll be easy. But then yes, in the process of uh, cutting open this train with fucking like the, yeah, they slice this train open and steal these cars. Uh, in the process of that, I think like four uh, DEA or like FBI agents, four federal agents get killed in the process of that. And then that sets off uh the rocks character coming into the picture well, well hold on one second because they steal these cars and so i got the impression that like they're working with this crew of characters that we don't really know they double cross that crew and end up stealing the cars instead and then that crew yeah. ends up being tied to a crime lord right correct yes yeah okay. that is the other part so, of yeah, it. yeah the, so, <laughs> the part we'll that confuses me is like why did they double cross those guys like uh, i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of little small don't really think about it moments <laughs> towards these other movies where yeah the the alliances kind of shift um pretty easily there's another alliance shift that kind of happens towards the end of this that doesn't super feel it i mean i, I understand it but it doesn't really feel that motivated besides just like uh people are getting killed and now yeah. this character is going to switch no sides. i know what you're talking about the yeah. Uh, whatever we could full fucking spoil fast five yeah the yeah, rock switches it. sides the rock yes. becomes you know allied with uh dom and uh i don't know paul walker <laughs> yeah dom and brian brian yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah. but that's because he the rock lost his his buddies he lost his family his family gets yeah. killed one of his homies yeah. gets killed by two grenades yeah it's, uh, it's pretty pretty intense yeah, yeah. pretty intense shootout that happens 
Um, but yeah, I, I think the setup is uh, a, like uh, a little weird on that in the beginning. I, I would agree. It's like, yes, like there is like the new, uh, sorry, it's like, yeah, the federal agents getting killed and then also the double cross kind of happening. But it's all happening in this like very uh, in, like fast paced fucking uh, scene where they're like yeah. stealing these cars out of this train, which is just like, I was kind of like blown away by like how like great it looked. I know, like I was looking at the behind the scenes stuff when yeah, it's like the cars are actually getting lowered and dropped onto the mm-hmm. the desert ground as they're like cutting this train open as the train's heading towards multiple bridges and driving over these like little bottlenecks. Yeah, it looks like you wouldn't want to treat these these are fancy expensive vehicles and you wouldn't want to put them through that <laughs> trauma. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good uh, action sequence. I, you. I, I kind of wish it came out after Fury Road because you do definitely feel uh, your eye darting around between edits. They, they're not doing the nice, clean center framing that Fury Road was doing. Um, yeah, yeah. But, it uh, is very frantic, definitely very frantic. And it's weird to say this, but yeah, like I had to kind of give props to Justin Lin because he's directed five of these movies. Yeah. And I think that this one is the most kind of like restrained and like hmm. very like at least the most coherent um when james wan steps in that's when things get really crazy with the camera work and it's kind of just like it's kind of i don't know if I, which point. which one did james wan do james wan did seven seven okay and, i don't know if i saw and, seven and, yeah and seven the camera is like rotating a lot and it's like it gets really distracting um i mean even, here, the, yeah. even the first two had like weird camera stuff going on like the camera going into the engine and shit like that anytime they're yeah. injecting the nas or whatever yeah which i absolutely loved as a teenager yeah. two was my it's favorite cool. that was <laughs> that was like one of my favorite movies in high school it was just like this is just so fucking ridiculous and fun felt like a video game and here yeah it, it kind of goes a little bit further and also to contextualize it a bit this was the first one where the studio was like okay this is still going to be centered around a crew of people who do most of their jobs with cars they're all really good drivers but we're going to make this movie not specifically about racing and not yeah. specifically about it's those movie. kind of relations like it's very much a heist movie and yeah. the highest in the beginning i think it's really fucking cool so like, yeah they cut open the train the, like they're uh it's dom and mia are inside and then like the the wall falls down and then they uh, like appear out of like the glare yeah. of the desert and it's just like vin diesel is just like shrouded in light and i was like this is just so over the top yeah and then i love the car scooting out of the train like sideways and stuff and, yeah uh, it's cool yeah but uh yeah, yeah. So- this this whole scene yeah actually go ahead go ahead no, I was just going to ask, yeah, what do you think about how it kind of, it, it sort of has this little escalation where, yeah, it's like they're losing control of this other truck that's happening. And then like he's fighting on the, like the truck and there's like a fucking blowtorch being put towards yeah. his face and a, a man gets thrown into a bridge, which I thought was really abrupt and violent. I think, I think the coolest part of the scene is just how it ends, which is they drive the car off the cliff and it is one of those things where it's like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> like, what is the plan here? And it's just like, I guess they're just, they just jump out of the car and land in the water. But it is like an incredible, no one would survive this height. Uh, but we do get, there's like one shot in particular where you're seeing from like the hood of the car looking at Vin Diesel driving and then Paul Walker yeah. on the back. And then Paul Walker just kind of like lifts off off the back. Yeah, uh, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, the very long 
long drop into the ocean. And yeah, that's one of those first hints where it's like, yeah, these these aren't humans anymore. Yeah, this <laughs> like, is, yeah, we are in another universe. <laughs> like the laws of physics do not apply here. Um, yes. And then they get captured by a crime lord. Um, yeah. And then we're introduced to the Rock's character. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about Luke Hobbs in this movie? <laughs> like, I love his introduction because he's just a fucking hard ass. Like, he says, uh, <laughs> like he, he's having this like back and forth with this guy who's just trying to help him out like just trying to like <laughs> he's like what do you need like you need a you need a translator okay i think it's odd that you want this woman but whatever i'll get it for you like what else can i do and then the rock just looks at him he's like stay the fuck out of my way and it's yeah. like dude this dude's just trying to help you like you don't gotta okay. be giving him attitude this is his nine to five he's just here to get you the things that you want and yeah he's just, just telling him to fuck it off yeah. verbally smacking around i think that's might be the only f-bomb in the entire franchise too which i think is just hilarious because these are all like pg-13 <laughs> pg-13 movies what but yeah I just, <laughs> yeah i think yeah after watching the first four by the time he shows up it's just like okay yeah now we're kind of we're doing stuff differently he's just drenched in sweat yeah like, he they like, just hose <laughs> him down before every scene yeah shout out to the the makeup person on this movie because yeah it, every time there's just like a single on him He's just completely drenched in sweat, and it's just—it's fucking just like a he's... pissed off, glistening muscle with, yeah, a, with yeah, a fucking a, goatee. Yeah, just a, an angry bald man just <laughs> shouting out orders and yeah. yeah, kind of figuring out the way to to keep this crew away from all of their vehicles and just going to just storm through Brazil. And yeah, I don't know. Just by the time it sort of gets to like the shootout in the favela, it's like, okay, yeah, like people, bodies are dropping. It, it, it starts to feel like an actual James Bond movie at that point. They give him such weird lines. Like there's a scene later, I think maybe with that same cop or whatever. Oh no, no, it's a different guy. But um, the guy's like, do you want good news first or bad news first? And he's like, you know, I like my dessert first. Yeah. <laughs> and then a little yeah. later, he's like, give me the damn vegetables yeah just completely b movie okay. level dialogue okay, rock. Yeah, <laughs> like this watching this movie it kind of reminds me of like uh on the simpsons when they have the mcbain movie you know yeah yeah it's like yeah they that's like parroting arnold schwarzenegger obviously and like die hard and lethal weapon and all this stuff but it feels like this is the closest the actual closest approximation of that yeah definitely yeah especially with like yeah just having one of the biggest most notable movie stars of of recent time kind of be this new kind of character and, and sort of just like completely eclipsing vin diesel in this and like and, that, and sort of that's sort of what led to their eventual feud and disagreements on set to the point where when you get to eight and the rock doesn't even agree to be in the eighth movie unless he has no scenes with uh, vin diesel that's at all so, like how much of that is real versus just like theatrics for marketing i don't know i don't know I, there's a lot to be said about like bullshit kind of feuds like, i know there's there's like a like a little bit of that kind of going on with Harry the Styles. rock and, <laughs> uh, no, no, and like the rock and kevin hart kind of have that relationship really? on social media where they're like oh like the rock is always kind of bullying kevin hart or whatever and it's like they kind of take fun jabs at each other but all for the sake of promoting Jumanji. Yeah. But at least like after reading and like watching these movies, it's like, fuck, these guys actually might not like each other because Vin Diesel doesn't seem like, at least he was like the producer on like mm -hmm. the later movies and was 
clearly kind of like pushing him to like do things with his performance and kind of go out of his way a little bit to, to I don't know, to amplify it or whatever. But that feels a little bit more legitimate where, yeah, it's like in eight, they, they have one scene together and then they're not together on screen ever again, which seems really strange for a movie where they're supposed to be working for the same cause. Yeah, I know that. I, I remember hearing that um, for Hobbs and Shaw, um, that The Rock and Statham both have in their contracts that uh, they can only get punched in the face a certain amount of times or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, Yeah, I think Dwayne Johnson has one where he's like, he can't lose a fight or something like that. Yeah, or it's like <laughs> they can't, and one of them can't lose more fights than the other or something like that. Like, Yeah, just like ridiculous neither, macho shit. They have shit. to be completely equal uh, in how they're presented. I was like, I don't know. It's like, that, that's a, another kind of uh, symptom or whatever. Like, one of the things that's, like, not that great, where it's like, yeah, like, that kind of detracts a little bit, where it's like, we want these guys to at least be able to to lose, and so we can kind of uh, connect with them a little bit more and, like, humanize them a little bit more. Like, okay, yeah, he can he can lose a fight, therefore, when he overcomes a fight and actually does win, then it's great. But, yeah, if it's always just, like, stalemates, then it's not as exciting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the fight that they have. What do you think about that? Like sort in of later on into the film. Oh, later on. Uh, um, yeah, when they're like completely just destroying the like the small room that they're throwing each other through windows and shit. So I have in my notes. I just have the phrase two big muscly freaks beating the shit out of each other." <laughs> <laughs> um, if they were wearing the same color shirt, you wouldn't be able to tell who was who. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, a- it's just yeah. It's just it's just fucking muscle like breaking shit. I don't know. It's it's not like there's finesse <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. people getting tossed around getting like a lot of good sound effects meaty punches and everything feels heavy and weighty and bulky uh yeah but definitely yeah saying the lack of finesse is 100 percent. yeah because like i think when they're doing heists that stuff with the cars when there's like car chases i think that's really cool when they're even like the shootouts kind of like work for me because you have these great sweeping shots of like the favela and everything that looks kind of cool but yeah like the actual fighting i'm like okay yeah like pull, pull up some jackie chan to kind of just like yeah get your eye a little bit back into something. it <laughs> yeah it's like we're, we're cutting around the hits and we're cutting around all of like the things that should really feel impactful like it's cool that they fucking destroy this room and like yeah just completely hulk out on each other but yeah, i think <laughs> the it, rock it, tears it, off his bulletproof vest <laughs> yeah yeah so apparently that uh sequence took like nearly a month to rehearse and film in total just to like get things right but yeah i feel like it kind of really? doesn't really show like, yeah, it's, like <laughs> yeah. it's like uh that the fight scene in they live i'm not sure how long that took to uh choreograph but uh roddy piper and um gosh now i'm forgetting his name oh i feel shitty keith david they choreographed it together i'm pretty sure just like in their off time (laughs) and it's like a a famous fight Uh, i still need to see that movie yeah Um, it's it's gonna be on the halloween list this year so we kind of skipped over a major family component of this movie which is uh well i'm forgetting the characters names so one second here but uh brian and mia yeah are mia's having a baby she's having brian's baby uh so the family's growing um 
yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you make of this whole component? I like it. See, it kind of ties back into why I chose the five, where it's like, yeah, like fucking Paul Walker is for sure like a very crucial part of like the heart of mm-hmm. these movies and like what kind of makes them work is like like you, Vin Diesel is like he's okay like not the greatest actor but i think paul walker's slightly more relatable a little bit more human i I think he's i think he's good i think he's because like when he's gone from these movies then it just becomes like yeah you definitely feel the absence a lot more and it it, like especially in the scenes like i was going to mention i think one of my favorite parts of this movie at least before the fucking big heist climax is when they do the crew assembly midway through and he's like okay like well we need to get some people that can rob hernan reyes like this guy we're gonna fucking steal a fucking hundred million dollars from him but we need to get the uh, the right people to do it so they yeah. sort of bring the crew back and this is a great moment yeah fucking bring tyrese's character back uh Ludacris's character comes back um gal gadot from the fourth movie uh shows back i was i would much prefer if it was michelle rodriguez but they're they're doing a whole bunch of other shit She's- kind of at <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez is supposedly dead, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah, she's at this point in the what saga. She's dead. Yeah, she's <laughs> fucking dead, which is kind of a bummer. I think if it was Michelle Rodriguez's character in in place of Gal Gadot, I think it'd be a, a little bit tighter, a little bit more fun. Um, but yeah, I just love when that little crew assembly kind of comes together. Tyrese's great lines, like "When are you going to give Martin Luther King his car back?" Is like I, I got a good laugh out of me. Uh, and yeah, I think uh, Paul Walker's sort of his utility in this movie kind of shines in those moments where yeah he's he's kind of a good connected tissue between yeah like just how ridiculous it, it feels and it kind of adds that human element to you where you, you didn't really feel that way uh yeah it's like i know we shouldn't speak ill of the dead but here we go um i don't <laughs> think he i don't think he's that great of an actor like okay, that's, fair. I, that's fair. I i i feel like the appeal of paul walker in this movie this is just my guess like my analysis of it uh, is perhaps he is like this very basic generic everyman that the audience yeah. can side of impose themselves upon where it's like okay he's he is not absurd um so he kind of becomes like a cipher um where the audience can be like oh like i'm hanging out with vin diesel on the rock <laughs> like paul walker's yeah. me he's not a he's not he's in shape but he's not a huge muscly freak he like he's wearing like t-shirts and jeans all the time like yeah, he looks very yeah, normal well- yeah, one of my favorite things about, like, just his character in this, like, franchise is when they're doing, like, the car shit, focusing, like, on photography inside of the car when they're, like, driving and shit. They, like, show him stepping on the gas. He's always, like, wearing, like, Converse or, like, Vans or something. It's like, okay, yeah, so he's, 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 like he's an everyday boy. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. an everyday guy. He's wearing fucking chinos and Vans. Like, that's what I wear on a Saturday. It's like, that's totally cool. Uh, but, yeah, he doesn't quite fill the room like The Rock or fucking... No, sorry, like Vin Diesel or The Rock do sort of just kind of these over the top, larger than life people. And I think he he definitely like is greatly missed when that element isn't there. And you sort of just have Tyrese being a dumbass and like Ludacris being smart and just babbling off like techno jargon. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's great to have just like you're every man there to kind of make some quips and to not be, yeah, to be super normal over but yeah as far as like the addition of the child i think it adds a nice little bit of characterization and a little another layer to it i'm like okay yes the family is growing that yeah. kind of ties in with the theme but also it's like okay this this guy he can't 
just be fucking around jumping off cars and like doing insane stunts as much anymore because now he has to worry about this other life he has like an actual baby to take care of yeah forward and like the baby honestly it's like Mia's pregnant, however, Mia doesn't get a ton of screen time, and it feels like her pregnancy, it mostly serves to, uh, give, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Give more character development to Vin Diesel, where it's like, now he's like, I've got to look out for my my family, i got to look out for me and Brian, and like, uh, I'm going to throw the race and shit. Um, Yeah, it does feel like that, like, like, kind of like an afterthought sorry an afterthought especially in the favela shootout scene where they're like tumbling on these roofs and jumping off shelves like me you need to relax <laughs> like you, like i don't think you should be jumping from roof to roof yeah if you, if, like you're pregnant like that seems a little little dangerous but uh what do you think about that shootout scene like that sort of that sequence there's like one shot in that sequence where we actually get a wide of several actors like jumping around on buildings and stuff and mm-hmm. I, <laughs> like i'm like it was i was really thankful for that shot because one it helps to establish the geography of the scene but two it just like it really drives home that these like these are stunt performers like running and like actually jumping around and shit it, it made it way more exciting um yeah i think it's really funny seeing <laughs> Vin, Vin Diesel <laughs> on the rock like plow through walls and shit uh i don't know like it's either the rock or vin diesel that just it's probably the rock who just like straight up like kills three guys like right in the middle of the sequence and yeah yeah the body count sort of (laughs) starts to mount up there i'm like okay like like you guys are like the crew you guys are the family obviously but so many other people are getting killed i'm pretty sure someone gets their neck broken (laughs) yeah yes yeah it's, it's fucking brutal and yeah that's at the point where i'm like okay yeah we're supposed to see these people as if they all have badges and they're all working for this like for some greater good but it's hard to feel that way when yeah they're just kind of going through brazil or rio de janeiro or wherever it's supposed to be this like if you get in their way you're gonna fucking die yeah. like, like that's the the bottom line of this yeah yeah and then i don't know it gets a little at least for me kind of distracting once the whole play with like the the cross necklace kind of becomes this whole okay so what is what's the significance of the cross is that a reference to a previous movie uh yeah well essentially up until this movie it, it didn't really have a super significant meaning i feel like i'm not like the resident fucking expert on this shit now because i've watched, <laughs> yeah. all, watched all of these fucking movies but essentially up until five it's like okay this is just like something that he really holds closely that's kind of like his iconic little hmm. piece of jewelry but then as we it's get like Hans into dice <laughs> yeah essentially but yeah once we get into six then it's sort of revealed that that is literally uh him and letty's wedding ring like that's like they don't like they get married See, but they don't have a ring letty. yeah i thought it yeah, might have like, been like a gift from her or like something she wore or something i don't know yeah yeah but uh do you want me to spoil the rest of these for you no, go ahead crazier <laughs> shit? Um, so uh the female uh federal agent that is like the rock sidekick who like picks up the mm-hmm. chain and eventually wears it she eventually goes on to have dom's first kid okay and and so then there's this weird thing where like yeah, he thinks me is gone but she's not so he has a kid with her oh shit and then, <laughs> yeah and then, in nine, they, <laughs> and then in nine they fucking kill her character <laughs> so uh-huh. then it's like it's, then it's even stranger it's like yeah it's like it's not the kids he fucking has no mother <laughs> yeah and then he names the kid brian and then it's yeah then it's just like we're, it's this weird sentimental territory where it's just like they don't know what the fuck to do it's just 
just so fucking insane. Wow. But yeah, it, it kind of like gets passed around to a point where I'm just like, just stop giving me close-ups of this fucking cross necklace. Like, <laughs> we get it. It's very important. Yeah. I don't know. That seems strange, naming the kid Brian. It's like, yeah. I, I, I get it. It feels like, you know, Paul Walker's not around, so like they need to, they want to honor him. <laughs> but yeah but his, but strange. brian is still alive in the universe like at the yeah, end he just of drives seven, away they, right? yeah they just drive off into the sunset and people were like yeah he should name the kid paul that would have been actual like a way to that would honor him but also is it like should they be doing that i don't know is it feel yeah, weird exactly yeah <laughs> exactly it's like are, like should we be making these kind of like tributes to actors within this very over-the-top and excessive insane he would probably like action. that like like it, it, without him this franchise wouldn't exist so it's like they're they're honoring the person who helped build it i guess yeah but yeah. still kind of always circles back to to vin diesel but um yeah what do you think about uh the sort of the crew that sort of does get assembled do you like do you think the chemistry is good do you like kind of hanging out with them as they're sort of playing this elaborate heist i i think it's funny the way they're introduced where it's like you know we need a guy we need a guy who could talk his way through any situation <laughs> tyrese and then like when we actually get a scene of him doing it he's terrible which like that's the yeah. joke um but uh i don't know it's it's like not they don't none of them really get that much development uh i think it's interesting that han gets called out for having quit smoking like that's like a weird like yeah. little character thing um yeah. him and his romance with gal gadot is just like that means nothing <laughs> like yeah it feels arbitrary the yeah the relationship didn't quite work for me and then they have that kind of awkward scene where they're like okay it's up to you to go get the, the handprint, the handprint yeah. and she does like her little sexy bikini reveal yeah, fucking race puts his like hand on her ass <laughs> yeah it's like this like i was like yeah she's she's gorgeous yes yeah but, undeniably, like, I think, yeah, but... but it, it feels like it just is a little awkward yeah it doesn't quite work i don't know yeah i, I i'm with you <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of strange um but yeah fucking i like as... i like the two puerto rican dudes who are just like yeah. uh you know bickering all the time uh i think that's pretty funny it feels like kind of an unusual element um yeah it's like out of yeah. step with everything else um yeah i think i think it works um i had a sort of good time with them um yeah and i think yeah, even the the villain has some like a nice kind of moment like i don't know he, he does feel sort of intimidating and like he has a, apparently he has control of the entire city so he yeah. can sort of just he feels very <laughs> like stereotypical i don't like he feels like he feels like he came out of mcbain is what it is yeah yeah like i'm pretty sure in, in those little mcbain movies you see like a guy smoking a cigar having a meeting with all his other powerful villain figures and i don't know we yeah it, absolutely you gotta give these people if these people have nothing to lose then uh you lose them so you have to give them something to lose like that whole scene um, yeah yeah he's like sort of explaining like how like the portuguese came i'm gonna and give like, him nothing yeah <laughs> i'm gonna give him food and an education and like yeah. all this stuff and then they're gonna be mine it's like all right yeah yeah apparently the actor was sort of hesitant to do the role because he got has been typecast as a villain before oh. but then justin lynn kind of talked him into it and like at least there is like a, a little shade of character there but yeah it is very over it the felt, top and stereotypical. it felt like weirdly political right like that scene of like i'm gonna give him food and like health care yeah. and education and 
then they'll be my <laughs> evil cronies. <laughs> yeah, the, the threat of taking those amazing things away is enough for them to sort of yeah. just go to war for me. But yeah, there is a note in the Wikipedia about like the Brazilian critics and being them people being like, hey, like this isn't just a country where everyone is armed and, and yeah. just willing this to. Is Bra- this is Brazil, <laughs> like, and then everyone pulls guns out. Yeah. There's like a couple. Yeah, it, yeah, go actually go ahead. I was, I was. No, no, yeah, that, that scene is fucking amazing. I think that scene is fucking great. But yeah, they're like, maybe we should just stop running. <laughs> they go to like this car, like the place where there was a car race to win a car, but we don't see. We don't it, see which it. I think yeah, is kind of I, I was gonna say there's like a couple scenes in this movie where, like, there's an opportunity for an action scene, and then we just kind of skip over it. So it's yeah. like the first one is that when they get captured by the crime lord Herman Hernan Reyes. And they immediately escape. Like, there's immediately a fight scene. They immediately escape. Yeah. The problem is solved just as quickly as it became an issue. Um, but it's like, there was probably an opportunity to, like, stretch that scene out and, like, develop some of the, uh, you know, dynamic between uh, Brian and Dom. But um, but then, yeah, we have this... We know there was a race and it just happened off camera. I'm wondering if it's, like, on the cutting room floor because the guy he... Yeah. The guy he races is that guy from a previous movie? No, he's just a, a new okay. character. Because it because it's the way they're speaking to each other. It, it's it feels like Dom and him have a history, and so yeah, and then later when they all pull pull guns on the Rock, uh, that guy's there. He's one of them. But so like I feel like there's a scene missing where it's like they have this race and then even though Dom wins that guy's car, there's some established goodwill between the two. Um, yeah. But... As much as I do like the race between all of them in the four police cars and the the million dollar mm-hmm. quarter mile, as much as I like appreciate that scene and like it, I think I also would have liked, maybe would have preferred to see like fucking Brian or Dom race this dude yeah. and sort of beat him for the Porsche. Um, as a reminder yeah, of like that's what these movies are <laughs> yeah and one thing that um other films have done and also i think sort of whenever they do get a chance to emphasize the driving is they kind of do a, a really nice thing where they can sort of express a character through the way that they drive and through the characteristics of how they're driving like in two it's like you have brian sort of showing off he does this thing with even mendez's character where he like looks away from her and like like to, like speeds up and then like hits the brakes when he gets to the light or whatever. And then Tyrese is like, "Oh, he do the look away thing." Like that, I, I taught him that. But he's also like showboating by like driving backwards during a chase and yeah. shit. So ways to kind of make it more than just a race, yeah, more dynamic. A chase, yeah. You can be like, okay, these characters are not only expressing themselves through the cars that they drive, but also how they drive them. Yeah. And I think that's something that is definitely like kind of gets swept under the rug once these plots become you know heist movies spy movies and shit where it's like okay like there's cool cars in them but you don't have that like character expression yeah but i don't i do like the the race between when they all fucking steal the the four chargers and have a the bull police car race i thought that was nice because i do appreciate whenever there is a moment to have a good like race in these movies all right so let's talk climax yeah. uh so the rock switches sides him and his uh translator i guess which the he, the rock never seems to have a problem talking to anybody in this movie <laughs> uh so so they join the crew uh in a heist of an entire vault and this scene is fucking rad <laughs> like yes. it is such a good idea to like have them steal a vault be dragging it around the city and like weaponizing it 
Like, the <laughs> yeah. weaponization of the vault is, like, fucking cool shit. Like, there's a scene where, um... So, so like, they're dragging... They got two cars, Brian and Dom. They're dragging a vault together. So they have to coordinate their, their driving. They have to make sure they're turning at the right... Yeah. Down the right streets and shit like that. Uh, there's a scene later when they're being chased by... I want to say Crooked Cops. And, um... And somehow they get it so that the chain that is holding the vault, it shaves the top of a police car off, and yeah. you don't see any gore, but it's there's it's there's a juicy sound effect there. Like you know, a man <laughs> yeah. has just been like beheaded or or bisected or something. It's uh, fucking gnarly. Yeah. yeah, at least yeah, that's like that implication is just enough. Like oh yeah, they're, like they're they're doing they're, real damage. Yeah, destroying people. Yeah. Um, yeah, like before I want to dive into it, I just love that for like at least a good like hour of this movie, there's like this great elaborate like heist thing going on where like they're trying to like tap into the security systems oh, and like yeah. the they, bathroom like, and shit. Yeah. yeah, like they acquire a dummy vault and they like they're trying to figure out just like how to break into it and how to get like the handprint for it. And then we get to this point where yeah, after sort of the rock switches size, he like just uses his massive tank of a truck to just yeah. drive into the police station. <laughs> they just latch fucking hooks onto the vault. And that, I had a smile on my out. face yeah. from that point on for the rest of the movie. I was like, oh shit, this is an amazing, this like summary of everything. Like this could be, it's like, yeah, we're gonna have two police cars towing a vault with no wheels throughout the streets of Brazil. And it's just gonna be ricocheting and rolling yeah. through businesses and destroying everything that it touches probably just, killing many people <laughs> yeah i was like this is fucking absolutely yeah. insane just an incredible this sequence. man used to be a cop <laughs> <laughs> no it's for well, once family comes into the picture we're gonna gotta get that money we're gonna kill <laughs> yeah, just, this whole city yeah and I, I think it looks so fucking good i think that's a testament to just the budget and the production and all the people that are involved because fucking a like they had six vaults used for the filming of this really? one of them was an actual vehicle which could be driven around huh. um which had a man inside fucking really the heat funny. got up to like 100 degrees yeah and they're just like plowing this through like there's a part where like it rolls through a bank and it's just it's just so big and just over the top that it just it just somehow it just works and yeah, physics be damned. <laughs> yeah, I want to see <laughs> like someone in a physics system like build a simulation of what would like, actually happen. Like, yeah, it's like they're just dragging this massive ton fucking thing that's through the city, and yeah, every time it like it hits a couple of cars, like rolls over something, yeah, it just you really feel the weight of it, and it just yeah. it just works yeah. insanely well. Oh. Yeah, and then the play of them, yeah, like sort of switching positions and like yeah using the yeah. cables as a part of it was brian really well driving done. backwards while dom is driving forwards yeah. and like pushing the vault while it's being pulled yeah and, yeah again yeah don't think about how the weight in physics work at all so yeah like <laughs> yeah. he's reversing he's driving so it works <laughs> it's there is momentum gonna momentum will happen and then vince dies what do you make of the death of vince um i think it is a little kind of like a small actually that was piece. before the vault thing yeah. but yeah <laughs> yeah it's after it's after they get ambushed it's when uh the, the rock use, loses all his buddies so. yeah um i don't know i think yeah it is like a small emotional beat they do bring him back and they they're like they're trying to do a little bit more than i think they have time for yeah but like they sort of bring him back he has his family uh, yeah. lol we named him and after they, you and yeah his his kid is named dom or whatever and 
but I'm Nick, not, like Nicholas Dominic yeah yeah Nico is what it was yeah <laughs> yeah Nico um yeah I don't know it's I feel like it's it's good fan service if you're a crazy person like me and you are watching all these movies in succession it kind of helps tie it in a little bit more I'm like oh I recognize him instantly but if this was like 10 years as if like the actual gap between one and five I probably wouldn't have recognized him yeah. immediately um yeah and his character back then was kind of a dick not that kind of just being aggro and masculine and just like like not much of like an actual character and so it's oh my cool. my camera just died but whatever <laughs> oh, okay um yeah i don't know it's him here is uh kind of interesting because yeah he like clearly he wants to like help him out but dom is just very like overprotective and he, he, they do have a nice beat during the the dinner barbecue scene where he kind of humbly asks to be a part of this again he's like, yeah, man, yeah there's a seat for you at this table I appreciate that, but and like, yeah, clearly they don't have space for him moving forward because he dies. Yeah, so. and like that interaction between him, between Dom and Vince, feels like it's a it's a callback to an earlier scene where Dom is talking to uh, Brian about their relationships with their fathers. <laughs> so like, yeah. Dom says something along the lines of like how his father would always have a barbecue after church or something like that. Yeah. And then so when Dom invites Vince to come back, he he says like, "You hungry?" He's, and he's yeah. like, well, you're saying grace. And so it feels yeah. like it's kind of calling upon that, like, food and faith um, being the foundation of the, the three Fs, food, faith, and family. Yeah. Uh, Gotta go fast. And fast. Yes. And furious. <laughs> and freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, specifically American freedom. Yeah. Don't, don't really care about the lives of the Brazilian pedestrians who may have been going to get their groceries who may while have just, going who may have wanted food and healthcare and education <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know it's yeah there's yeah some of those small bees that like sometimes they work sometimes they don't and i think yeah having his character kind of come and go is sort of indicative to where the franchise is eventually heading where yeah a lot of these characters that they kind of do cherish a bit more do get a little bit more of the highlight and this is kind of where it starts because a lot of these uh, extra characters or actors, other people, they don't really have that chance in the fourth one because the fourth one is spending more time kind of just like getting this new status quo and just mm -hmm. like reestablishing the relationships between Dom and Brian. And so five is when things kind of are starting to balloon where like, okay, we're going to bring back Tyrese, bring back Ludacris. Yeah, it's becoming more of a, a cinematic universe sort of thing. <laughs> yeah and but that's when like yeah like he kind of gets in this weird territory too because like as good as seven is it just like it has too many characters to kind of do them justice and people kind of don't really get enough time to like sh sh like really express who these characters are and so it becomes kind of a bloated mess in a bad way and i think here is it's kind of like yeah it's refined and it's kind of nice to have a moment where okay we can bring tons of characters back, but we, it might be better to kind of bring them back and kind of put them to rest and kind of move on. Yeah. Um, F9 is the one where they go to space, right? Yes. How was that one? <laughs> uh, it's okay. Um, I think it's interesting that they, it's, it's <laughs> the a fucking they go to space is fucking ridiculous. That's it's, a time a travel one, right? Yeah, yeah, they they go to space and it is fucking amazing that it happens um that's another one directed by justin lynn um 
but yeah, I think the like the relationship between that one and the other films gets more messy because there's they're dealing with like a little bit of like retcons kind of happening. Uh, essentially, uh, long story short, uh, three was kind of separated from everything, but four, five, six, and seven all take place before three, hmm. and so it, it it kind of deals with Han's character a lot more. Okay, it gets kind of fucking messy. It just becomes like it just becomes a little bit of a headache to kind of think about why things are okay and like how certain characters can escape death and other characters can't. Um, and yeah, it's it's more of just like a what the fuck kind of moment where like how is this even possible? How like how are these actors and how is this all together as a piece and how yeah. is this working? Um, I I think I liked eight a little bit more than I do like nine, but yeah, nine is is definitely. I can't believe you it watched John all these, scene. dude. How many days yeah. did you watch all these? Uh, I think I like binged binged like the first four or five over like two days, and then I spread out seven, eight, wow. and nine over the last couple of days. Yeah, it's weird that yeah they bring back they don't bring back they introduce John Cena's character he's the uh, Dom's brother and it's it's interesting that yeah after The Rock leaves the franchise they just bring in another wrestler wrestler actor Um, yeah and it makes you kind of yeah this the slightly better range of Dwayne I don't know if I even compare Dwayne Johnson and John Cena is like on their acting chops because I haven't really sat down and watched their movies like that is a better actor. Yeah, I would say so too. But I don't know. Peacemaker is really fucking good. I think you watch. You watch. I didn't watch Peacemaker. Uh, okay. I saw yeah. Suicide Squad, but no. yeah, I don't know. I think is it kind of benefits from being a TV show. You have a lot more time, a lot more moments between other characters and his parentage, and like, and it gets you have a little bit more room to breathe and sort of get to know this character more throughout a TV show. Okay. And then you can see like, okay what can this actor do he can do the big action stuff but he can also be very human and do things in a small way but yeah as far as fast is concerned it's like yeah there's not really much time for that because there's so much other shit happening and there's like we have to sort of emphasize vin diesel more and so i don't know it gets gets a little messy but going back to five i think five sort of is a nice middle ground between that excessiveness of the later films in the the franchise and like the movie kind of being about cars and family kind of is is like it sits right in the middle of that i don't know i like the sort of it is kind of cliche but it is a heist movie so there is like this little like fake out where oh it's like they drag this uh vault throughout the city and then the rock finally gets to them and he's like okay like gosh you got you guys can go but like you, i'm gonna let you go but you can't hours. take the money yeah. yeah it could be 24 hours but you can't take the money and so they're like, all right cool we'll go and then they do a little wink to the camera and fucking reveal that the second vault was switched yeah. out and they actually walked got away with the money and i don't know i liked it like and then the I rock just laughs the <laughs> <laughs> they got me <laughs> it's like oh those war criminals yeah. like, we're gonna get them eventually oh, i got so much paperwork to do <laughs> It's like, goddamn, yeah, it must be a headache. But yeah, I I like a, a heist movie. Consider me, um, uh, I don't know, <laughs> kind of good. Good for yeah. them, you know, going balls out like this. <laughs> yeah, real tough. You turn around and put your hands behind your back. I don't think so. Your mistake is thinking you've got a goddamn choice, boy. Your mistake. 
thinking you're in America? You're a long way from home. This is Brazil. Uh, yeah, what are some good horror movies you've seen recently? Um, I've been whacking. Whacking. Basically, at least for this month, I've just been watching Fast and Furious Fast movies. And Furious. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should, yeah, they should do a Fast and the Furious horror film. All right, so what have you been watching aside from Fast and the Furious? Um, well, I watched all nine, so I think it's appropriate at least to <laughs> yeah. mention mention the one the the ranking just so just <laughs> uh end this chapter of my life and just walk away from this <laughs> feeling good um uh, until 10 comes out in like four months um yeah at the bottom i would put nine as great as it is that they go to space i think that the movie itself just it tries to do too much plot shit that is just wacky and weird so put that at the bottom put uh number four right above that uh, I think it's good, but I think it is uh, the least exciting. I found myself actually getting a little bit bored in that movie for whatever reason. Uh, it's a solid movie, um, but yeah, as far as being in this sort of category of these movies as they get crazier, it is just not as, there's not as many set pieces and as many big things that kind of make it super fun. Above that, I would put Tokyo Drift. Uh, I think the climax of Tokyo Drift is great. The downhill race and that is fucking awesome. It has Sunny Chiba as like a Yakuza oh, boss, wow. which I think is fucking dope. Um, but the fucking, the main character, I just hate his accent. I hate him so much. He sounds like Forrest yeah, Gump. I, I, I can't do it. Um, then I would put Six. I think Six is, is solid. Is the direct sequel to this. They sort of tie up stuff with Letty, but I don't know, it gets it still is more like a lot of plot things are a little bit kind of distracting, but uh, it does have a really fantastic sequence of them driving their cars out of the back of the airplane and landing in, in a mountain range. And so I thought that was kind of cool. Wait, or is that seven? I don't know at this point, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, and then I would put eight. Eight is, a, I think, surprisingly good, despite being the one, the first one to be made without uh, Paul Walker. Uh, yeah, Charlie Theron is like pretty convincing as a villain in these movies. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's good. There's some good stuff in eight. Then uh, put seven right above that. That's the one that made the most money. That made one point five billion dollars at the box office, which I think is just fucking absurd. Um, then Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, this one's close to my heart. It was one of my favorites as a teenage boy. I really appreciate that movie directed by John Singleton has like a nice like Miami drug dealer kind of story. So I think that was fun. And then I would put one above that and then five at the top as five at the one top I think is. Yeah, I think just the the way that I think the climax made me feel just made me feel so fucking great. I think one is solid. It is a, a nice, I think the most charming of them out of all of it, but I'm like, admittedly, I like I can appreciate a nice car, but like, I'm not that super into them. And so that's one's definitely way more car focused. And, and it's got some good, some great moments in it. But I, I still think the over the top action and the insanity of five, the addition of the rock, just the, the fact that it's a heist movie, it sort of it hits all of those points for me. It just is a lot more fun. But yeah looking forward to 10 and 11 i can't wait for to see where they fucking go from here did you watch and you haven't watched Hobbs and shot right no i haven't watched that i did watch that one i watched that with my dad like a 
couple Christmases ago or something. Oh, really? Um, what do you think? It's fine. I mean, whatever. It's like you know what you're, you know what you're getting into with that. It's... Yeah, I do like their chemistry a lot. I think their chemistry is really fun. Um, yeah, I think yeah they they both have a lot of fun on screen together. But yeah, I think just having the the Fast and the Furious the main uh, trilogy or not trilogy the main franchise was the thing I was more interested in. I will probably watch it eventually, but I wasn't running to go see it I, I had already nine of these movies on my list i didn't want to <laughs> add another one and completely exhaust myself and speaking of being exhausted of these movies once i finished it i just wanted to kind of watch something a little bit more easygoing a little bit uh you know i just wanted to watch a tv show and kind of stay away from big set pieces and stuff so i checked out the show on hulu called reboot have you heard about this i have not and i when i did when I did hear about it, I assumed it was having something to do with that CG children's show from like the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that show, Riku. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, this is a, a sitcom. It's from the creator of Modern Family. Um, it's pretty run-of-the-mill kind of, at least visually and kind of a setup. It's a, a TV show about a TV show. So if people aren't kind of into that meta Hollywood shit, it might not be that appealing. But it uh, has Keegan Michael Key, Judy, uh, yeah, yeah, Keegan Michael Key, Judy Greer, and Johnny Knoxville are kind of like the center of the cast, and it's 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 pretty funny. It's a good time. Um, it is uh, it's TVMA, so it gets a little racier with like dialogue and sex, which I wasn't quite prepared for as far as like that visual setting. I associate that kind of officey kind of filming to like shows that don't get that racy, and so I don't know when they. So, you know, when when boobs come out, I was like, oh, shit, OK, this is <laughs> this is taking a, a different turn. And uh, Johnny Knoxville is really funny as just like uh, a guy. His role in this is pretty solid. He's playing like an actor that kind of had a rough time and like spent some time as like being a, a problematic stand up comedian and just substance abuse and shit. And he, his introduction to the show is like. A, a stunt he did of like, yeah, like getting hit by a car. And like, I don't know, he just his presence in the show kind of makes it a lot more fun and makes it feel a little bit more, uh, a little more reckless and feel, uh, cause just knowing that he can kind of get really physical is a good kind of wild card for the show to have. And it helps kind of tie the, the cast together. So I enjoy reboot. That is a funny show. Uh, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? I, I watched the Texas chainsaw massacre two, uh, oh, okay. which I hadn't seen before. Um, I had always been curious about it because I knew that it pivoted to being more of a comedy. Um, yeah, yeah. And I did not like it. Uh, it did yeah, not. I watched the first half of it tapped out. Yeah, it did not work for me. Um, <laughs> and I had some friends who were kind of offended by me having said that. Um, but I think I think Toby Hooper, you know, it's 12 years later. And Toby Hooper, it just feels like he was way more in love with those characters than I was. He found them way more entertaining, way more charismatic than i did um like you, you got a trio you're working with one of them is silent one of them and the other two just scream a ton basically uh yeah and it yeah. feels like he was trying to turn this trio into like a comedic trio like harpo and uh groucho and chico or like the three stooges or something and it's just they they don't have that charisma <laughs> it doesn't work yeah, no. um so yeah it just felt very loud for a movie even for a movie with the word chainsaw in the title, it was very loud. Um, 
and yeah, I just I, I couldn't vibe with it. I did I did appreciate the aesthetics of it. Uh, the art design is incredible. You have these yeah colorful and detailed and uh, macabre sets, <laughs> and uh, you, of course you have Dennis Hopper in there and. He's always performing at 11, and he's dual-wielding chainsaws because why not just have half of Dennis Hopper's screen time be dedicated to him howling while, you know, swinging chainsaws around, sure, <laughs> uh, and a big sheriff's hat. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't get with it. Um, yeah, I like the radio station as a, a set when... Le when Leatherface kind of shows up and starts so, tearing stuff up in that first part. If you only watched the first half, then you didn't get to the cool part, which is eventually they go underground. Uh, uh, and okay. like the killers, the killer family, whatever you would call them, uh, they have like this whole underground like theme park, basically, where oh, that they okay. have access to. Um, and... I don't know. It's very cool. It feels like... So I remember when I saw House of a Thousand Corpses, um, seeing it in theaters and being like, oh, this is his Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, he just took the premise of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and was like, I'm Rob Zombie. I'm going to do that through my Rob Zombie lens. Um, yeah, yeah. Seeing Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, I was like, oh, no, this is the Rob Zombie lens. Like, this is... He, he basically blended those two movies together. Uh, because even House of a Thousand Corpses has, like, a whole underground section uh, running through tunnels and stuff towards the end of it. Um, and it's all, like, lit through uh, colored gels. It looks like it was lit with Jelly Ranchers or something. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it feels like <laughs> House of a Thousand Corpses is just if the Toby Hooper of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 made both movies into one. Um, but, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. What I might have to go back and finish it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he already made it halfway through, like, if anything, it, it like, at least the sets definitely get a lot more interesting halfway, after, in the second half. Okay. Um, Dennis Hopper doesn't get a whole lot to do outside of just, like, yelling <laughs> and chopping things. Gotcha. There is, there is a, a fun chainsaw, uh, sword fight, and it feels like, like, we've seen cha chainsaw sword fights in, like, Mandy, did you see Mandy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, the chainsaw sword fight is much better in this movie because it feels like they're taking inspiration from like Robin Hood and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, it it wasn't for me. Um, other than that, I have been watching uh, Andor, the new Star Wars show. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it is very weird because. It's not doing what all the other Star Wars content does, which is like they're making shows and movies that are about Star Wars, <laughs> like where it's like, what what does Star Wars mean to me? I'm going to make a show that is that. Um, instead, yeah, yeah. Andor is just like written by Tony Gilroy, who has said he's not a Star Wars fan. So his his motivation, his priority is not at all. I'm going to meditate on what Star Wars means to me. His motivation is just like I'm I'm writing a movie about. Uh, a shady character joining a rebellion or a, a show about a shady character joining a rebellion and he just wants to make something coherent um and then they just cover these characters in star warsy outfits and surround them in muppets and droids um so it is it's Sweet. a bit yeah. weird to watch it feels like it is tonally completely different than everything else disney has put out um is dedicating 
a lot of time to developing its character. It is it is very slow paced. It is not silly and fun. <laughs> um, it feels more like what you would expect to see on like HBO um, than Disney. Um, so I am enjoying that. <laughs> I find it interesting at least. Um, but yeah, I think like between like there, there's some major television shows that are on right now between like Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, and or feel like i'm missing some other major show that's people are excited about right now um i'm mostly sticking with andor and house of the dragon i think as my weekly watches gotcha. yeah. cool cool that's it for me um uh i guess yeah before we do the dice roll i guess i, would oh, just fuck, want I forgot to about mention, the dice roll yeah um did you watch the mario trailer it came out i did this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean like come on like <laughs> It's like I can't care too much because it's like this isn't for me. Uh, I just think it's funny that Chris Pratt is barely doing an Italian accent. <laughs> yeah, like like Jack Black is like trying to voice act, and then Chris Pratt yeah, is just yeah. like, "Hey, I'm walking here." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I th- yeah. I think it, it's it's fucking silly. Yeah, it's not quite the movie for me. <laughs> I'm like getting a lot of entertainment. I have a friend in a group chat who's like seems to be like legitimately annoyed about the voice i'm like Dude, it's come like, on it's a fucking mario <laughs> movie like yeah it's like it's it's it's, it's going to be okay like I understand. at the end of the day <laughs> there are valid reasons to be annoyed one of them being that like studios should be hiring voice actors for these animations there are people yeah, out yeah. there who voice act professionally hire them instead of just these big names um uh, and like they would love to have work these these voice actors um but otherwise, it's like, I'm not going to see this movie, so I can't be too upset about it. Yeah. That'll be like a... If it if it's on, I'll watch it, but I'm not going to hunt it down. Yeah. Kind of thing. If it gets incredible reviews... Like, I watched that Sonic the Hedgehog movie because I had yeah. a friend say, I love the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I, now I need to know what the hell you're talking about. Um, yeah, I watched the first one just because I both of my arms were broken. <laughs> I was I was doped out on painkillers, so I was like, "Fuck it, I need to watch something." <laughs> All right. So yeah, I should do the the dice, dice roll. roll. Yes. Yeah, so, folks, the time has come. We will be choosing a new theme to do three episodes on. We have I have before me twenty themes. <laughs> We will roll a 20-sided die, and whichever number corresponds to whichever theme, that is the theme we go with. Uh, real quick, I'll read through the themes, just so people know I'm not just, like, making up a die roll. Uh, one, coming of age. Two, space invaders. Three, playing god. Four, good versus evil. Five, reason versus faith. Six, death. Seven, revenge. Eight, survival. Nine, order versus chaos. Ten, the individual versus society. 11, parenthood, 12, zombies, crime, 13, crime fighting, 14, war, 15, cat and mouse, 16, love, 17, obsession, 18, detective stories, 19, nationalism, 20, wealth. So, here we go. I have a die in front of me. I am shaking it in my hands. And I am rolling it. 16, love. Love. (laughs) Oh. From family to love. We must figure out... We want to do a movie about love. What is what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Or do, or should we should we pick a, a romance, a timeless classic romance, perhaps? Um, Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. When I first when I think of love, I do 
I'll, instantly my mind goes to romantic comedies okay. of the like a rom-com um yeah but uh yeah it can definitely do something way more uh sappy and dramatic you know it can do something like atonement or something oh, like that i've never like seen that. atonement and it, i i is it long <laughs> maybe <Okay>. yeah <laughs> probably um all right let's see here so some of the things that are coming to mind for me are when harry met sally classic uh romantic comedy um punch drunk love pta love that movie Ooh. um love in the mood for love um yeah something yeah, more like 50 first dates abstract <laughs> yeah 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 i thought of um yeah like the wedding singer but also i'm looking like i just googled like movies about love and one that's up there is, is her and that's like, oh, one yeah. i like a lot kind of challenging the idea of like what we love and stuff but yeah punch drunk love could be interesting too i don't know how much of like i it's been so long since i've seen it but i don't don't know how central the romance is you know what i've never seen titanic (laughs) i've never seen titanic (laughs) i've always said i feel like i don't need to because i've seen enough of it in pop culture um uh maybe see you, i mentioned atonement yes if it was long yeah i, I know titanic a bit money that titanic is longer <laughs> yeah uh i'm a fan of moonstruck the movie with Cher and nicholas cage uh, i've never seen that i've never seen dirty dancing oh i neither have i, I haven't seen that do you want to watch dirty dancing <laughs> yeah let's start off with the, the sways <laughs> it'll be yeah i mean it would at least be, uh, do we want to do dirty dancing <laughs> do i want to commit to watching dirty dancing in the next week just because neither of us have seen it you know it is spooky season are is there a spooky romance we could do um ghost patrick swayze <laughs> again uh, hey, hey, that that could work too that's another classic love like romance film a woman and a ghost i've yeah, I think I, I put a lot out there. I'll, I'll, of the movies I've named, I'll let you decide which of these we go with. Oh, uh, I sort. I'm like, I think I might be leaning towards Dirty Dancing because it thinks like that might be slightly more entertaining. It is um, forty minutes shorter <laughs> or half hour shorter than Ghost. So let's do Dirty Dancing. Yeah, 1987. Yeah, yeah what a what a Patrick Swayze what a pivot for us yeah uh, definitely absolutely from Final Flesh Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> Visitor Q Fast Five transition into Dirty Dancing all right this is not Havana Nights this no, is the, the original this is 1987 all right so that settles cool. it all right well, this has been episode 103 of Vague Zone. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at Vague Zone. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you think that dancing is too dirty, if you think that it's just too sinful for this small little town and it is going to ruin us. We should maybe not watch it. Uh, it'll corrupt our, our fragile young minds. Let us know what you think. Tweet at us. We're always down for suggestions and conversation. Um, Yeah, this has been episode 103. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. We'll see you next time on the dance floor. (laughs) 